Good morning. What a great day to be in church this morning, a beautiful morning. It's always good to see everyone here and to invite everyone and welcome everyone that are at home listening on the radio or watching on Facebook Live. Got a few announcements this morning to start off with. Thank you, Dylan, for coming back and playing the piano this morning. Dylan graduated from Ohio Northern University this weekend with a degree in music composition and theory and sound recording technology. Congratulations to you, Dylan. This is a special morning today as we will celebrate our high school graduates. We will also recognize all the graduates out there, both high school and college. Congratulations to all of you on your accomplishments and hard work. Next Sunday is our next prayer and praise night. Join us here in the sanctuary at 7 p.m. And we'll lift our voices to the Lord in praise and prayer for our community and for Vacation Bible School. And speaking of Vacation Bible School, it's not too late to register your kids. Uh, you can do that online at www.firstchurchnk.org. And ladies, Maria Lammers and Tori Reitigan are leading... Priscilla Schreier's Armor of God Bible Study on Wednesday evening, starting June 15th at 7. There's a sign-up sheet at the Info Center. And I need to invite Tori up. Good morning. So, VBS is one week away. Can't believe that it's already here. Um, And as of this morning, we have 150 kids registered. So, yeah, we're going to have a lot of fun. It's going to be a crazy week, um, but I'm really excited for it. And if you are willing and able to help in any way possible, we will still, we're still accepting help and we would welcome it. Um, But one of the sweetest parts of VBS is that you all bake cookies for us. And let me tell you, those cookies, they get me through the week. I'm going to be honest. Um, But they get all of us through the week. We love the cookies. So if you are willing this year to bake um, or to buy a pack of cookies from Kroger and take off the label and mark them as homemade um, and bring them to vacation Bible school, we would really appreciate that uh, because those cookies go a long way and they definitely help us volunteers and teachers get through the week. So um, we have 150 kids, so plan accordingly. You can drop off the cookies anytime next weekend um, or during VBS week anytime. So thank you so much. At this time, I'd ask you to stand for the call to worship. This morning comes from 1 Kings, chapter 8, verses 22 through 30. Then Solomon stood before the altar of the Lord in front of the whole assembly of Israel, spread out his hands towards heaven, and said, Lord, the God of Israel, there is no God like you in heaven above or on the earth below. You who keep your covenant of love with your servants, who continue wholeheartedly in your way. You have kept your promise to your servant David, my father. With your mouth you have promised, and with your hand you have fulfilled it, as it is today. Now, Lord, the God of Israel, keep your servant David, my father, the promises you made to him when you said, You shall never fail to have a successor in seat, a successor to sit before me on the throne of Israel. If only your descendants are careful in all they do to walk before me faithfully, as you have done. And now, God of Israel, let your word that you promised your servant David, my father, come true. 
But will God really dwell on earth? The heavens, even the highest heaven, cannot contain you. How much less this temple I have built. Yet give attention to your servant's prayer and his plea for mercy, Lord my God. Hear the cry and the prayer that your servant is praying in your presence this day. May your eyes be open towards this temple night and day, this place of which you said, My name shall be there, so that you will hear the prayer your servant prays towards this place. Hear the supplication of your servant and of your people, Israel, when they pray towards this place. Hear from heaven, your dwelling place, and when you hear, forgive. And we will now continue to stand and sing our opening hymn, number 74, Majesty.
Amen. You may be seated. This time I want to invite forward Tori, um, as well as any of our current elders and members of the youth leadership team that are here with us this morning. This is the part of the service where we have the privilege to honor our high school graduates, as Dave said during the announcements this morning. And that's what we get to do. And there's quite a few of them, as you can see up here in these front pews. So I'm going to call you forward each. I'm going to read off your names. And as I read off your name, I invite you to come forward and stand with us. We're going to try to make a nice little line up here, um, enough room for everyone to be here. So we are honoring this morning Preston Deerhake, Joelle Delisle, Haley Flutterjohn, Ellie Gable, Avery Henschen, Carson Henschen, Max Henschen, Skylar Huff, Dakota Kennedy, Caroline Leffel, Rebecca Leffel, Matthew Michael, Noah Pax, Gavin Reinecke, and Erica Weedock. Good thing we cleared off the stage here today, huh? Well, we're so glad you guys are each here and we can recognize your efforts and honor you this morning. And I'm going to turn over to Tori. She's going to share something with you here today. This is crazy. I cannot believe that we're here. It feels honestly like just yesterday that you guys were standing up here, shaking in your boots, getting ready to give your faith statements for confirmation. But, man, you guys have come such a long way. I remember back when you guys were in confirmation, when you are in seventh grade, and I taught in the eighth grade class, I could hear your class through two walls and two closed doors. <laughs> because you guys were wild. But things haven't really changed. You guys are still crazy and fun. But one thing that has changed is that you guys have all grown so much in your faith. You guys have all become incredible, godly men and women. And we're just so proud of you. So as I've been praying for you all this year, uh, the word that keeps coming to mind for you guys is warriors. And I truly believe that God has been building and strengthening you to be kingdom warriors for him. And so Ephesians 6 says this, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all of this, take up your shield of faith, which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for the Lord's people. So I truly believe that God has been preparing you guys to go out into the world and to fight for God's kingdom and to be a light in the world around you. You guys are going to be building his kingdom in the areas and the spaces that you're in. And know that you have everything you need to do that. You have every tool. You have God's truth, his righteousness, his peace. You have the gospel to go with. You have the shield of faith, the helmet of salvation, and his word to confidently take you into this next chapter and to stand firm in your faith and fight for him. I do want to say, and I'm going to try to make it through this, um, I want to say thank you guys so much for letting us walk alongside of you. It has been just the biggest blessing to know you and to love you. And we have been through a lot together, lots of highs, a couple lows. Um, but you guys, 
I'm just so proud of you. And I want to, I'm going to say this on behalf of the youth leadership team as well, is we're just so thankful for this class and for all that you've done and the way that you've led so well. So know that we are praying for you, um, that we cannot wait to see what God is going to do in your life. We know that he's got amazing plans for you. Um, And we just pray that you guys stay close to him and keep him first. And if you do that, you'll be just fine. So we love you, and we want you to know that you always have a home here, and we better see you back here. (laughs) Do not drop off the face of the earth. We want to see you again. Um, So we love you, and we're proud of you. Congratulations, guys. I want to take a moment and extend my congratulations to you as well. As Tori mentioned, um, that seventh grade confirmation she was talking about, I was the teacher in that class. And you guys were the first class that I had the privilege to teach when my family and I moved here to New Knoxville. Um, you ever heard the term trial by fire, right? It was throwing, <laughs> throwing me into this group of uh, 12 confirmation students um, was that was a wonderful challenge and a blessing. And I appreciated your input and your, your t- our, our time together in that class. And as Tori just said, we've only seen you continue to grow in your faith, um, the accomplishments that you guys have achieved, and just the people that you've become. It's been a blessing to see you grow into that these past six years. You have a few people standing behind you. You have the elders as well as your youth leadership team. And the reason we invited them forward was to be a physical reminder that your church family is here to love and support you, not just today, not just in the past six years, but into the future as well. And so in a moment, I'm going to pray, and they're going to lay hands on you guys, and, and just know that as they do that, it's, it's yes, it's them as, as the elders and youth leaders of this church, but they represent a church family that's also caring for you and loving you and supporting you. And whatever season of life you enter into and whatever the next years bring, know that your church family loves you and supports you. And most importantly, know that the Lord loves you and that he will be with you wherever you go. So let's take a moment and let's pray together. And in fact, I want to invite our, our elders and youth leaders to lay hands on you. And for those of you who are in the congregation here today, if you'd like to extend a hand as a sign or symbol of you joining in with this prayer, I encourage you to do that today as well. Dear Lord, we lift up these graduates to you. We thank you for the way you have watched over them and guided them through their lives so far. And now as they step into this next season of life, we pray again that you guide them and guide their steps. Proverbs 3, 5 through 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. Lord, we ask that you help them to trust you with all of their heart. Help them to seek you and your will for their lives. We know you love them, Lord. They are yours. Father, we also ask that you help them maintain their connection to each other as they go their separate ways. Many may their friendships that they have formed in the first 18 years of their life continue to last through a lifetime. Lord, we also lift up their parents, their grandparents, their siblings that cared for and supported these graduates. This is a time of transition for them as well. Help them navigate it well. Psalm 121 reminds us that you, Lord God, are our help. You watch over over our coming and going both now and forevermore. And so we ask that you watch over these graduates, strengthen and equip them to love and serve you in this next season of life. We pray all these things in Christ's name. Amen. 
As a gift to you this morning, um, Tori, I think, already got you all cards, but there's also um, a gift for you down on that front pew. Notice the bags are quite large. They're also covered in glitter, so be careful. Um, but there's a blanket in there for each one of you. The blankets are, uh, were made by uh, different groups in this church here. They're, they're tie blankets. I have to give credit to Clinton and Danielle Hirschfeld for coming up with this idea. The blankets, we, want, we hope that as a gift to you, that, they, that every time you use them, you're reminded of the love and prayers of your church family. Different groups, different Bible study groups within the church took time these past couple months to tie the blankets together. And as they did so, they were praying for you individually. Uh, the colors of the blankets represent either your school of choice that you're going into or just your favorite colors, perhaps. Um, but they're meant to represent the prayers of your church family going with you wherever you go. So before you leave today, um, there's, a, there's a bag down there with your name on it. We'll make sure you guys get that. And just know that every time you use the blanket, um, it's a reminder, a physical reminder of God's love for you and the prayers of your church family going with you wherever you go. So once again, congratulations. You guys can go ahead and have a seat, head back down. And as they do so, um, we're going to prepare to sing this next song. As you all know, one of the traditions we have at First Church with Confirmation and Graduation Sundays is singing a song that each class selects. So when this class graduated from Confirmation uh, six years ago, or I guess not so much, um, four years ago, um, the class song that they selected was Good, Good Father. So today we're going to have an opportunity to sing that song once again as a church family, um, not just as a way to, to remember this class, but also to remember the hope and faith that we have in our Good, Good Father. So I invite you to stand with us as we sing this next song. Your good 
children come forward for children's chat. Why don't you take the next few moments and greet your neighbor this morning. this morning. Yeah. How are you guys this morning? Good. Isn't that awesome? The seniors, you know, they used to sit up here. I was taller than they were then. Now I can't see past them. Huh? It's pretty awesome. All right, Courtney, I think you're going to be my guinea pig today. Take a great big breath and hold it in your mouth. used up all the air in the room? No. Now, if there's air in this room, is there air in the Sunday school room? Is there air on the playground? Well, I don't see it. Where is it? Do you know where it's at? Huh? How do you know it's even there? If there wasn't air here, we wouldn't be here, would we? That's right. That's right. But you know, God's the same way. We can't see him, can we? But he's here. If God's in this room, is he in the Sunday school room? If God, if he's here, is he in the playground? If he's here, is he on the softball field? He's everywhere, isn't he? We can't see him. But he's everywhere. He's invisible. But he's all around us, just like the air is. Now, when those seniors go off to school or work, is God going to go with them? Will he be with them all the time? Yes, he will. And will they remember that? They better. (laughs) Or they need to come back here and we'll have them come up and sit up here, huh? But it's really, we're never alone, are we? Because God knows all of his people, he knows everybody here, he knows everybody in the whole world, because he just knows. He's that wonderful. He's always around. And God knows whether we're walking or sitting or playing or sleeping or talking. He knows all of that. And he knows what we're thinking, and he knows what we're going to say before we say it. 
because he's with us all the time. Can we hide from God? No. Adam and Eve tried to, didn't they? Didn't work because he knows where we're at. He is just everywhere. Just like there's air everywhere, God is everywhere. He's in the heavens and the mountains and the oceans and the rivers, in the dark and the light. He's just everywhere. And we're never, never alone. Even David, in the scripture that Tracy's going to read, he says, where can I go from your spirit? David's asking him that. And we can't be out of his presence. He is everywhere. He's everywhere for us. So think of this and blow on that wind. What moved it? Air. I want you to have this. It's too bad the rest of the kids are here, huh? Whenever you blow that or see it move, think about God. You can't see the air, but God's always there. All right. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for always being with us and never leaving us alone. Thank you for your son, Jesus, that through him we can be in your presence forever. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Carolyn. Thanks, kids. If there's any adults that want a pinwheel, there's plenty down here on the pew if you guys want to grab one after the service. Today's offering goes to support the radio ministry fund here at First Church. Um, what, a, what a blessing the radio ministry has been for, for literally decades around here. Uh, we're so grateful that we're able to um, broadcast their services on the radio and, of course, now also streaming online. Um, just a great way for us as a church family to, to connect with those who physically can't be here in this space, but also um, a way for us to, to share the gospel and the good news of Jesus Christ um, with people that maybe we will never meet or never hear from as well. So we're very grateful for the opportunity we have to be on the radio and be, um, to be able to support that ministry through the offering here today. So I want to invite the deacons to come forward to collect the offering. And once again, thank you, Dylan, for being here and helping us out in worship this morning.
Amen. You may be seated. Today is graduation Sunday, but it's also Memorial Day weekend. So I want to take a moment before we go to the Lord in prayer and acknowledge this important date. Uh, Every person who served in the military sacrificed something, but some who served sacrificed everything. That's what we remember on Memorial Day. Those brave men and women who died in service to our country. May their service not be in vain. And may we learn to uphold and uphold those ideals that they fought and died for. Memorial all wars will cease. Nation will no longer strive against nation. Instruments of war will be repurposed into farming equipment. And on that day, Jesus Christ, the Prince of Peace, will reign over his kingdom forever. We long for that day. And we pray, come Lord Jesus. We live in a country with freedoms that many in today's world and throughout history have never experienced. And one of those freedoms that we have is to gather here and worship freely. And that is certainly something to praise God for on this day. And so today we acknowledge and remember all those who died in service to our country. As, and um, let's go to the Lord in prayer with that in mind. Father God, we thank you. We do thank you for this country that you have placed us in. Lord, we know that this is just one among many nations and one among, uh, and your people, Lord, belong to your kingdom first and foremost. But we do praise you and thank you, Lord, for the freedoms that we experience in this country, especially the freedom to gather here and worship in freedom. And we remember all those, Lord, who, who have served our country, and especially those, Lord, who gave the ultimate sacrifice in their service. Lord, your word says that greater love has no one than this, that a person should lay down their life for a friend. Lord, many countless individuals have given their lives in service to this country, and we remember them this day and acknowledge their sacrifice. Lord God, help us to not help their sacrifice not to be in vain and help us always to remember, Lord, the price that was paid by those individuals. And Lord, we do lift up our nation and our world, and we do pray for peace. We acknowledge the reality of war and the reality, Lord, that, uh, that affects, Lord, every nation and every, from time to time. But we also acknowledge that that is not the way you've created this world to be. And we long for a day, Lord Jesus, when you will return and you will establish your kingdom on this earth where there will be no more war, there will be no more violence, and there will be no more heartache. And we long for that day and ask, Lord, that you would bring it about quickly. So, Lord, we thank you for those who gave their lives. We also, Lord, this day acknowledge and and are grateful for those who are currently serving in the military. We pray that you watch over them and protect them and bring them home safely once again to their families. Lord, we lift up other concerns that are on our heart and mind this morning as well. These past couple weeks, we've seen violence in our our own nation, Lord, in places like Uvalde, Texas, in an elementary school, in Buffalo, New York, in a grocery store, in a church in Southern California, and probably many others, Lord, that just didn't make it into the news. We pray for comfort and peace for those families. We pray, Lord, for healing for those that were injured, and we pray for justice and righteousness to reign. And, Lord, we ask for those that are hurting, for those that are longing for their loved ones to be with them once again that you would sustain them and comfort them through the presence of your spirit and the hope that you provide in in your gospel. Lord, we lift up other concerns to you as well. There's, There's too many for us to recount here this morning. But Lord, you know what's on every one of our hearts and minds. 
As Carolyn reminded us during children's chat here today, Lord, you are present with us in every circumstance and wherever we go. And so we ask, Lord, by your spirit, by your presence and grace, that you would work your will in our lives. Bring healing where it's needed. Bring comfort, Lord, where it's needed. Bring reconciliation and broken relationships. And all things, Lord, work towards, work towards your glory for, for our good. Lord, we pray also for those in authority over us, as your word calls us to do. In this day, we pray for our national government. We pray for our president, Congress, Supreme Court, as well as other elected and appointed officials. May you give them wisdom beyond their means. And may they have a hunger and thirst after your righteousness that they would be filled. And we pray for our church family here today. We think especially this day of our youth leadership team and the influence and impact they've had on not just our graduates here today, but the entire youth ministry, Lord. We thank you for their humble service and pray, Lord, that you continue to equip them to make an impact on these young people's lives. We pray all these things in the name of Jesus, who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. The scripture reading this morning comes from Psalm 139, verses 1 through 12. You have searched me, Lord, and you know me. You know where I, when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you, Lord, know it completely. You hem me in behind and before, and you lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me and the light become night around me, Even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like the day, for darkness is as light to you. Thank you, Tracy. Let's pray together again. Father God, as we open your word together now this morning, I ask that you would guide our hearts and minds. Holy Spirit, would you soften our hearts to help us be ready and willing to receive your word and receive the truth that is contained in it. Lord, as we look at your word here today, help us to see how it points us to you, to your gospel, to your goodness and your grace. And may you give me words to speak. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be pleasing to you, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. We pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. Have you ever wished that you could be in two places at once? I know I have. Right? Maybe you got a couple important things going on, maybe a couple different events, um, and you wish you could just clone yourself or, or be in two places at once. See, it's, or, or sometimes you've had the I know, sometimes I've had the opposite problem. I wish I could just get away and be nowhere. <laughs> right? That's that's maybe just as much of a temptation as being in two places at once. 
See, the reason why we have that, that longing is because we are limited as, as created human beings. We are limited to one specific location at a time. Right? We are bound to a certain place in a certain time. And, and it's impossible for you to be in two places at once. Now, technology has helped alleviate some of that, hasn't it? As, as many of you know, right, my parents moved to New Knoxville here recently. But up until that point, right, that um, we'd always lived far away from family, both my side of the family and Allie's side of the family. We didn't have, you know, the parents down the street to come over and, and spend time with the grandkids and stuff like that. Um, but up until a few months ago, right, the best substitute for that was FaceTime, right, and being able to be present through those technologies, but even as far as technology has come, it still doesn't replace the real thing of being present with the people that you care about and the people that you love. The reason I, I bring that up here today is because we're going to be looking at one more attribute of God this morning. We've looked at four already here during this, this sermon series, and we're going to close here today by focusing on God's omnipresence, which means that God is present everywhere. It means he's fully present right, at every point in the universe. I loved Carolyn's analogy about air, right, and the atmosphere. It's just that it being God's presence everywhere in the universe, from the farthest reaches in the heavens to this very place that we're gathered here right now. God is present in a very real, in a very full way. Now, that doesn't mean that his presence or, or his character or his essence is somehow like spread out over that space. As I've mentioned many times before, one of my favorite books and then movies, of course, is Lord of the Rings. There's one scene there where uh, Frodo is talking about being, he feels like, he, or no, it's Bilbo. Anyways, it doesn't matter. He's being spread too thin. He's worn out, right? And he says he's like, it's like too little of butter being spread across a piece of bread, Right? You know, he's felt very thin, very worn out. That's not how God is, though. When we say that God is present everywhere, it's not that part of him is here in New Knoxville and another part is on the other side of the world. It's he is fully present in all of his fullness and all of his character and all of his power and presence and grace at every point in the universe. So God is just as fully present here in this place as he is when you leave here and go have lunch or when you go off to college or the workforce. God is fully present in all places, which means that God is both transcendent and imminent. I know those, are, those words might not mean anything to you right now, but transcendent means that he is above and bigger and greater than everything. Right? There's nothing greater than God, that he is, he is the creator and sustainer of all things. He is transcendent above all creation. And we've reflected on that a lot these last couple of weeks as we've looked at his attributes. But God's omnipresence means that he is also imminent, which means that he is right here in this space, that he's not this old man sitting on a cloud somewhere up in the heavens, far off and removed from the everyday workings of the world. But he is imminent. He is present here, just like the air is around us. In the, in the call to worship this morning, Dave read a, a prayer of King Solomon as he was dedicating the temple. And, he, and there he acknowledged that no temple built by human hands can contain him, that, that God's presence fills even the highest heavens, yet he is present with his people at the same time. What an amazing 
reality. What an amazing truth that is. And so what does this, what does this attribute mean for us on a practical level? Well, first we see that, that God is with us everywhere all the time. On a practical note, that means that there's nowhere we can go to escape God's presence. Right? You just heard Psalm 139 read, which reminds us that there is nowhere we can go from the presence of God. David there is reflecting on, on experiences and troubles in his life and, and feeling maybe alone at times. And he's acknowledging that no matter where he is, even if he makes his bed in the very depths, God is right there with him because God is present everywhere he goes. Now that's a comfort for believers, right? It's a comfort for God's people because it means that no matter what we face, we are never outside of God's loving presence. That there is no experience in this life or no place that we can go where God is not going to be there. It can also be a, a deterrent to sin for us as well. Right? Nothing escapes God's knowledge, right? Nothing is hidden from his presence, which means that we need to be careful, right? How we act because we may be alone by ourselves and we think that nothing or no one will ever find out about the decision we make. But we know that God is aware. And so there's a, 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 bit, of, a bit of comfort, but also a bit of warning to make sure that we stay focused on what's important. It also reminds us that there's no place outside of God's control and his influence. Last week, as I talked about God's unity, right, that there's only one God and there is no one else like him, I talked about how polytheism, right, the belief in many gods was the norm in both the Old Testament historical context as well as Jesus' day. And in those polytheistic gods, right, they were limited to certain places their power was limited by national borders. There's a story in the Old Testament of a, of a Syrian general named Naaman, very prominent leader in the army of one of Israel's enemies. And yet he contracted leprosy. And one of, one of his servants, who was a young girl from Israel, said, I know what you need to do. You need to go to Israel and you need to present yourself to this prophet and he will, cleanse, he will heal you, or the Lord will heal you. And so this is a long story. I'm going to condense a little bit. Naaman does go to Israel, and after a little bit of a back and forth, he does go into the river and is healed of his leprosy. And Naaman is amazed. And he knows he's got to go back to Syria, right? And so, so he wants to acknowledge what the Lord of Israel had done. And so Naaman actually puts a bunch of dirt from Israel in a box and takes it back to Syria with him because he believes that somehow that dirt was sacred because that's where the Lord of Israel was. See, that's the mindset of a polytheistic culture that gods have their influence and power in space, but it's limited, but not our God, right? There is only one true God and his presence and his power is not limited by physical space or national boundaries. He is just as present in this sanctuary as he is elsewhere. He is present in your home, with you in your office at work. He's present with you in the hospital room or the nursing home and at the graveside. So God is with us physically wherever we go, but he's also with us in every season and experience of life, in our joy, in our grief, in our temptations, 
right? Jesus was tempted in the wilderness by the devil. And, and scripture says that he was tempted in every way that human beings are with one exception. He didn't give into it. He didn't sin. So even in our temptation, we can find comfort that Jesus knows what it's like, can offer strength to endure it. In Genesis 28, there's the story of, of Jacob, right? He's, he's off on his own. He's, he's at this point in his life, he has fled from his family after um, being threatened by his brother Esau. And he's, and he's out traveling and he, he's, he's out in the wilderness and he goes to sleep and he has this vision, this dream of a ladder that extends from heaven down to earth. And there's these angels that are ascending and descending. And in Genesis 28:16, as he, as he wakes up, uh, Jacob, Jacob says this. He said, surely the Lord is in this place and I was not aware of it. Right? That's the story of all of our lives, not just Jacob's. Right? The Lord is with us even when we're not aware of it. If we just had the eyes to see the way the Lord works and the, the way that he is active in our lives, we'd be amazed just like Jacob was. Surely the Lord is in this place. And I was not aware of it. And so this means that because God is present everywhere, we don't need to be in a certain place at a certain time in a certain building in order to worship God. We can be anywhere we want to and we can pray. We can be anywhere we want to and worship God and read our Bible. We can meditate and experience God's presence. In fact, not only can we do those things, we should be doing them, right? We have a responsibility to, to seek God every day in our own particular contexts and lives. Faith isn't meant to be put in a box and pulled out only when you're at church. It's a 24-7, 365 commitment. And it's made possible precisely because we know and believe that God is everywhere. That he's not contained to a certain building or certain rooms in certain times, there's one mediator between God and man, and that is the person, Jesus Christ. All right? So, so we can go to the Lord and we can pray and worship and read his word. And we don't need a person like a priest or a pastor to, to initiate it for you. When I was a youth pastor at United Church of Huntington, we came up with pretty much any reason or excuse to have a potluck meal after the services. And so, you know, several times a year, you know, after the service let out, everybody would make their way down to the fellowship hall and often, Pastor Steve and I would get caught up talking to people after the service, maybe praying with people or just chatting. And there were several times where someone would wander down into the sanctuary and look at us like, hey, we're all waiting for you to pray so we can eat. Food's getting cold, right? They thought they needed a pastor to come down and officially bless the food, right? Because that's what pastors do. And yes, pastors pray and pastors offer blessings, but there's no... Uh, there's no, no restriction on who is able to pray or who is able to spend time with the Lord, right? There is one mediator, and that is Jesus Christ. If you know Jesus, if you have a relationship with him, then you can be with God anywhere and everywhere. That's an important message to our graduates this morning, right? Whatever season, whatever you have going on in life after this day, whatever the next months and years will bring, know that the Lord is with you wherever you go. In Jeremiah 29, the Lord is speaking to his people who are in exile. He says, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. Then you'll call on me and pray to me, and I will, get, and I will listen to you. 
you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. Each one of you is entering a new season of life. For those of you moving away from home, it may feel like exile, even though it's not. But wherever you find yourself and whatever you find yourself doing, know that the Lord is with you. And his desire is that you seek him with all your heart. And his promise is that when you do so, you, you, you will find him. So God's omnipresence teaches us that he is present everywhere. But we also know from scripture and from experience that God is particularly present in certain places at certain times. Probably the best example we have of this from scripture is, is the tabernacle and the temple, which represented the focus or the focal point of God's presence among his people. Right? Even in the Old Testament, they understood that God was everywhere, but he was particularly present at particular times. And the temple was the one place that, that represented that more clearly than others. Other examples include, of course, the burning bush. Right? The, the angel of the Lord told Moses to take off his sandals because he was standing on holy ground. What made that space holy wasn't the dirt that was there. Right? It wasn't the, the physical space itself. It was the very presence of God. I think sometimes as we focus on God's omnipresence and the priesthood of all believers, sometimes we, we swing the pendulum a little too far the other way and we, we neglect a theology of space. Jesus promised that where two or three are gathered in his name, that he will be there with him. So there is something significant, right, when we, when we gather together to worship God. I don't know if you realize this or not, but this weekend marks two years since we came back to worship after COVID began. I know we came back earlier than a lot of churches in the, in the area, but it was two years ago, Memorial Day weekend, that we returned and worshiped together in person after being online and on the radio only for several, several weeks. I'll tell you what, that Sunday was special. There was something significant about being here in this place and worshiping God together again as a church family especially from my perspective after I think it's 12 or 13 weeks of, of preaching to empty pews, right? But the voices being lifted up together in song and in prayer, just being able to see one another, it made that service special. But more than just the physical space, more than just the people, it was the presence of God, right? Made real, experienced in a, in a profound way at that time. Was God with us when we were in our homes listening on the radio and, and watching online? Of course he was. And God met us there in a very real way too. But there's also something significant when God's people come together and particular places offer that for us. But it's important to, again, remember that, that the imagery of the temple and the tabernacle in the New Testament is no longer associated with a particular place. In 1 Corinthians 3 and 1 Corinthians 6, we're reminded that we, God's people, are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Every born-again believer, every person who trusts in Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord, receives this Holy Spirit, and God's presence is with us wherever we go. Yes, God is present everywhere in all points of the universe, but he is particularly present in the lives of his people. The promise throughout Scripture is that his presence will go with his people. He promised Joshua, I will never leave you nor forsake you. It was God's presence that comforted David in the valley of the shadow of death. 
And it was before the ascension that Jesus promised to be with believers, be with his disciples wherever they go, even to the end of the age. It is God's presence with his people in a very particular way that gives us hope. And finally, one more point to make. When we return, when we are called to turn back to God, we don't need to go on a pilgrimage. We don't need to travel to someplace special in order to pray. There's no need to go, physically go anywhere. Many religions will tell you that you need to go to some, some particular location in order to meet with God. They call it a pilgrimage. Right? Many of God's people in the Old Testament in Jesus' day traveled to Jerusalem on special holidays to worship at the temple. Even today, many faiths, including Islam, right, they make, uh, Muslims in particular, make a pri- pilgrimage to Mecca, which is a city in Saudi Arabia, every year. In 2019, the last year before uh, COVID disrupted everything, it was estimated that 2.5 million people traveled to Mecca for the Hajj. It's considered to be the largest gathering of people in the world. But we don't need to do that. As believers in Jesus Christ, as, as, as uh, born-again believers, we don't need to go to a city on the other side of the world in order to meet with God. He is right here in this place. You see, when we, when we talk about returning to God, it's about repentance, not pilgrimage. It's a matter of the heart and attitude. Because God is present everywhere, the only thing that separates us from him is sin. So it's not physical distance, it's spiritual. So returning to God then only requires that we humbly repent of our sin and receive his forgiveness. I'm going to leave you with one more image, and that is the story of the prodigal son. I don't need to read it or recite it because we're all familiar with that story. As this son abandons his father and leaves to go live a life of wild living and sin, the father didn't go anywhere. In fact, it gives this image of the father standing and waiting every single day for his son to return home. And when his son finally does turn around and come back, it's the father waiting there with open arms to love him and embrace him and welcome him back into the family, not as a servant, but as a son. That's what God does for us. Do you need to return to God today? Do you need to repent and turn to him? You don't need to go anywhere. There's no special place or special building or special city that you need to go to. All you need to do is humbly turn to him in prayer and receive the grace and forgiveness that he extends through Christ. Let's pray together. Father God, we thank you for this day. We thank you that you are present here in this place and with us as we go. Help us to know, Lord, that your loving presence will be with us at all times. And all you do is humbly ask us to turn to you. We pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. As we close our service today, let's stand together again and sing hymn number two, Come Thou Fount of Every Blessing. Oh,
God, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. Amen. You may go in peace.